Good morning, Dr. Badia here for another bi-weekly episode of Fixing Healthcare from the Trenches. And I'm honored uh, this morning to present a, a colleague and friend, uh, Dr. Nick Rose from uh, California, Southern Cal, who uh, is a hand surgeon and faces a, a lot of same challenges that I do. And as you know, with this podcast, we, we try to focus on clinicians who are um, you know, passionate about trying to improve our healthcare system. We'll be focusing on certain areas, some of which we, uh, we, we share a lot of ideas. Um, Dr. Rose, uh, basically most of his education training at UCLA, it's a powerful program, and then went and did a hand fellowship with uh, really an iconic figure in, in hand surgery, um, Dr. Green. At um, in San Antonio, and then went back and is now uh, uh, strongly affiliated with UCLA and Harbor UCLA Medical Center. So, um, reality is that we're facing a lot of the same issues. So he's going to give you our perspective, and I'd like to welcome Dr. Nick Rose. Thank you, Dr. Body. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and I know uh, we have a lot of the same ideas. And even though we're on different coasts, a lot of the same frustrations, uh, both for our practices and where we see medicine going in general. Absolutely, and, and hopefully we're gonna have, uh, maybe you have some updates. We, uh, we're gonna be at the Hans Society in Minneapolis this year, right? And we're, uh, I think we're gonna be doing an instructional course on work comp, is that, is that, I don't know if that's gone through. I think so, we're going through the approval process now. We have a lot of uh, business related, uh, you know, courses going on, as you know, I'm the, co-chairman of the Business of Hand Surgery Committee, yep. which I think is a very important uh, probably position here in the American Society of Surgery of the Hand, especially with the changes in medicine that are going in from a business standpoint. A lot of private equity firms and hospitals buying practices, and, and really yep. we're seeing before us private practices slowly dying. It is, although I've been hearing a lot of talk about some resurgence, so I think that us physicians are pushing back and and I think it, probably in your community, it's the same. I think people, you know, after almost 30 years practicing here in Miami, I think people finally are are seeing that myself and a few others down here are are are, are kind of trying to lead that charge. So so I appreciate your coming on because, um, you know, it always takes a number of people to try to enact change. Um, so so tell me, we 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 both do. In fact, I know that you 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 uh, you, you you gained a lot of. Uh, passionate followers after I think you did a reattachment of an artist's uh, arm, upper extremity, which for the public, that's an you know incredible operation. I mean, actually taking a severed arm, uh, fixing everything to get it, you know, working to some degree again. Um, and that's a common work injury, right? So tell us, you know, what your perspective is in California with these kind of, kind of severe injuries to the hand. Well, the problem is in, in California is there's, you know, a lot of hoops to jump through. There's utilization reviews, there's peer-to-peer -peer reviews. So what's happening is fewer, fewer specialists like me who can, can really treat those devastating injuries are willing to do work comp. And so what's happening now is when you have these devastating injuries, like, you know, uh, avulsion injuries, the fingers, uh, amputations of the arm, uh, really devastating upper extremity injuries that I'm sure you see as well. There's just a smaller and smaller network of doctors who are willing to treat that through the work comp system. So it's it's very broken. Uh, it's it's very tedious in California. The reimbursement, like everything, is coming down, and it's really approaching Medicare reimbursement. So in order to do that added work of all the reports you need to do, 
peer-to-peer reviews, utilization review. Uh, really, many doctors just, it's not worth doing. And even in our practice, we have cut back on our workers' compensation for that reason. That's it's so sad. And, uh, you know, I, I, the big challenge, of course, is getting the public to pay attention to this because until it's their loved one, it's just somebody else's problem. And uh, I, I'm curious as to what it will take for society to start listening because I, I want people to hear this. I mean, you have a very qualified surgeon saying that you have to manage the volume of that because you can't pay the bills. It takes a lot of time. There's too many hoops to jump through. Um, and, you know, we should be minimizing that because the reality is I'm, I'm still taking do work comp in, in Miami, but I'll tell you, if they cut the rates and they're talking about it, I probably won't either. And, and, you know, at some point, I mean, we all have personal lives, right. And family, and you sacrifice a lot. And the crazy thing is we're willing to do it. But I've always said that that these business people, and you alluded to the middlemen, they really are, are taking advantage of our altruism. But that altruism has limits. And we're seeing it, right, with colleagues around the country who, uh, you know, there are places, uh, you know, Chris Peterson, right, and where you trained in San Antonio, you know, he says they're being flown in from, you know, 500 miles away for a reattachment of a digit because many surgeons aren't doing it. They're up all night. Right. I mean, you you told people what we were paid to do a microsurgical reattachment of a digit. I, most most lay people would not believe you. I, I don't know. Well, it's interesting you bring up that point. I think one way as physicians we can communicate it is and, you know, we've been in practice 25, 30 years, both of us. So, you know, we have very loyal patients that we can really That's talk to. And I think one one thing that I found is very useful is, you know, somebody will say, hey, Dr. Rose, you know, thank you so much for fixing my wrist. Uh, you really gave me my life back. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I, and I will tell them, I said, well, what, what do you think I was paid for that surgery? And I will tell you that it's very eye-opening because 95% of the time, they will give you a figure that's much higher than you were actually paid. Uh, you know, for, you know, $1,200 here in California, probably a thousand to $1,200, but they'll give you a figure of, of four thousand, five thousand dollars, and realize this is for a you know a stressful hour and a half, two hour case. So, I, I think a lot of patients actually get upset. Uh, they're actually visibly upset that uh, yes. they they don't have that knowledge. They they don't understand where reimbursement rates are going. And the other thing too, Alejandro, as you know, is you look at the healthcare dollar in the United States. Uh, I, I think it's down to probably fifteen percent. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 15% is us. Uh, 15% right. goes to the doctor and patients don't realize that. So you have, you know, administrators, uh, insurance carriers, all these, you know, middlemen making making money that really should be going to the nurses, the PAs, the doctors, right. and those people who are on the front lines. Yeah. Yeah, that that is uh that is a growing focus of mine is trying to point out the uh and I don't mention that in my three points, and we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes with your your three points, but certainly uh, the 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 minimizing the middlemen um, is 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 a is a key area I think to focus on. And I think what you're doing, and I, I need to do a better job of this, is uh, educating the public by by doing that when they when they ask you and go ahead and 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 be very upfront, be very transparent, which we need more in healthcare about what you what you were paid. And and by the way, I, I had a podcast with somebody from 
also from uh, more the business side of employer health and work comp. And he hates the word reimbursement. And when you think about it, it really is terrible. Reimburse. I mean, we didn't pay out anything. Right. Reimburse is when you pay something, you get it back. I mean, we're we're using our skill and you know, 14 years of education and training to to help somebody. We should be paid, right? Like anyone else. So well, it's, it's not 14 years old. I mean, you're selling yourself short. I mean, uh, what we started at age five and end up at 32. <laughs> that's that's 27 <laughs> years. So if you were able to cut corners, they're good for you. I, okay. I know you did, and I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, you got me beating it because you said you, you had you, five years. Yeah, I, I, I was f- convinced I was going to be a physician, not just a physician, but a surgeon at age eight. So you got me at five. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long so road. And it's it a is. long road, and it's a grind. And I, I think that you know it's, people other than spouses really probably don't yes. understand the grind that it is and the stress level uh, that's involved with the, what we do. You know, I think that we're all perfectionists. I think like you, you know, we can do, I can do a hundred perfect surgeries, but that hundred and first surgery that maybe didn't go quite as well as I wanted, you know, that'll keep me up at night. And it, it really does beat you up. And and I think there's going to be fewer and fewer people willing to do that. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's exact. It's funny because I had a very long, tough day of surgery yesterday. I have one case that I'm beating myself up about, uh, I'm going to see her tomorrow, but um, just a couple points that didn't go so well, but you're right. And, you know, hopefully the public realizes that we, we do care that much. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, so if you so give me three initiatives that you think could really not only fix our healthcare system, but also bring costs down, what, what would you say? Well, the first one would be to trim the fat in the system. I mean, in terms of, you know, the money that goes to the administrators, the middlemen, uh, you know, bring more of the healthcare dollar to those on the front line, the physicians, the PAs and whatnot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fat, as we say, you know, just these pre-approvals and all this wasted time and money that goes into simply, you know, fixing a wrist fracture for somebody who has a shattered wrist, all the hoops you have to jump through. So that that basically be really streamlined, number one. Number two, you know, really the insurance carriers are are really the bad players here. I mean, I don't understand how, you know, we can read in the paper that the CEO of this insurance company cleared, you know, $30 million and that's okay with everybody. You know, I think what needs to happen is you could have federal mandates to the insurance carriers that say, if you make this much money, 80%, you know, 75% has to be paid to direct healthcare. I, I don't know what that figure should be, but I think that would be a way to trim the fat, number one, and also a way to base, basically make them more accountable. Well, let, uh, let me ad- let me address that, Nick, if you don't, if, if I could. Absolutely. Because it's very little known. And until I wrote my book, Healthcare from the Trenches, I did not know this. The MLR is a medical loss ratio. The MLR was part was bundled into the ACA, known as Obamacare. And that stipulates that depending on the size of the company, it's usually 85%. That insurance company has to, has to spend 85% on patient care. But And that sounds great. And when you say it, but here's the loophole. When you present something that's more cost-effective, and I notice with my, my ortho now efforts, something that's more cost-effective, the insurance companies oftentimes don't grab it as you would think they would, because if they if they 
are too efficient at, at delivering the care, they fall out of compliance with the MLR. So that law has to be uh, modified. And I'm going to be, you know, I, I'll, I'll send you, Nick, an article. A lot of people have, haven't seen it, but I, I summarize that. Um, so what you're saying is absolutely on target, but there's, there's some loopholes that need to be, need to be fixed. But that's a great, that's a, I mean, that, that's a great, uh, you know, idea. Absolutely. And then, you know, I, I think the third, I, I, I wanted to, I have probably 20 I could give you, but, you know, I, I think the third, you know, we'll stick to the work comp system, which is, you know, very broken in many states, uh, you know, and that's why fewer and fewer doctors are treating them, as we alluded to earlier, you know, there are many states like California that have the 1% rule where work has to be responsible for 1% of your injury. So any anything you have, any ache and pain, if I turn my neck to my left and up, that hurt, I'm at work, hey, there's your 1%. So that's what's draining the work cop coffers, if you will, in states like California. And because of that, they, you know, they're wasting more money on these ridiculous claims. So the people who have true industrial claims, the burns for the arms, the, you know, the, the arms being cut off, you know, there's less people to be paid to take care of those injuries. Wow. Yeah. It's 51% in Florida, just so for Floridian. So um, that's, uh, and even then there, there are issues in Florida, but I, I, I know there are places where it's even more challenging. So hats off to you, honestly, for taking care and your, and your colleagues for taking care of these patients who need us really need us. But I, you know, I hope this doesn't fall on deaf ears. Um, Let's hope not. Wonderful. So, um, so, you know, it's, as, as often happens and physicians are, are more aligned than when we probably realize it. Uh, my, my three are um, that I think we should have in terms of middlemen that we should have oversight, not authorization. So authorizations simply clog up the, the care and, and slow it down. And each, each of those steps costs money. Right. But we need oversight. Right. Because we make mistakes. There's overutilizers or some bad apples. Right. There's some great, great you know, shows now. Right. On on, you know, Netflix about bad actors. And of course, we need oversight. But but we need to eliminate this this authorization every step of the way. Um, second one is um, people don't talk about this enough is that you really need to see the right clinician at the right time. I'm sure in your practice when you. You see somebody with, say, wrist pain. They probably come in right with an MRI that wasn't helpful. They they go through. They're seeing all these different doctors when our primary care colleagues should be keeping us healthy and overseeing, you know, more chronic conditions. Not seeing somebody with wrist pain. It's like you and I seeing somebody with an eye problem. We, right. We, we, right. Um, and then public. And then the last one, my last pillar is is public education. And my biggest challenge is really getting the public to, to pay attention something like this. Um, it, it, it's very hard to get them interested. And again, when it's their family member, a loved one, or maybe an employer, because I'd love a lot of work comp people to see this particular show, uh, then collaborating with us, maybe we can make some changes. That's all great points. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what do you great. think, uh, final word, Dr. Rose, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think's the next step? Well, I think, you know, I think uh, transparency and education is, and I think people like you, I mean, writing the books that you do, I, I really look up to you uh, in terms of, I wish there'd be more proactive people like you, you know, getting the word out, you know, 
talking to patients and whatnot. So I, I really think it's communication. And I really think, you know, uh, you know, certainly our spouses, our loved ones know the sacrifices, you know, we make, uh, you know, how hard this profession is for us. And look, you know, we make a good living. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, I can't pay my rent and whatnot, but I don't know that people necessarily understand the time and effort and, and, and really emotional stress that goes into being a surgeon, being a physician, and not to mention that, you know, you really don't have a life until you're 32 uh, with all the education <laughs> you go through. So I really think it's education and knowledge and getting that out there and hopefully, you know, podcasts like this, books like you wrote, uh, are getting our message to the patients is needed steps to get us where we need to be. Well, it's, uh, it's a, you know, it's a good first step. And if we can just sort of keep getting the word out there and uh, that's the goal of the podcast. So uh, I want to thank you for being on Nick. I want to thank everyone for listening and, and please, you know, when people like it, that's great, but you can share this and share it to people who you think would get something out of it. People who own a business, right? People who, uh, you know, manual workers so they understand the challenges with the system of us people like Dr. Rose and I taking care of all of you uh you know just share that send it along and join us again uh in 2 weeks for our next episode of fixing healthcare from the trenches thank you everyone and have a great day thank you, thank you.